Hello, Red Shirts, and welcome to another episode of Follow Me and Die. I'm your host, Larry Hamilton, and today I'll go over the last session of my Sunday game. And I'll give a quick update after my surgery. But first, a call-in about my last episode from Joe Richter of the podcast Hindsightless. Take it away, Joe. Hey, Larry, it's Joe. I was super stoked to see a new episode from you this morning, and I really, really hope your surgery went well. I hope you bounce back soon, dude. I hope you're feeling better, and yeah, I just wish you a speedy recovery, man. Great stuff. Talk to you soon. Peace out. Hey, Joe, thanks for calling in. I really appreciate that. Uh, as a matter of fact, you called in before I had my surgery, and had I not had so many last-minute things come up and I'd gotten this episode about my last session recorded, I would have played your message and explained that, but because I ran out of time, your message is coming up at a timely point on my recovery. I am now eight days post-op. I believe it's five or six days back from the hospital. I had to have a couple extra days because different little complications, minor complications. One was the drain tube wasn't slowing down on the drain, and my bowels weren't waking up, so I started throwing up, so they ended up three nights instead of just one. But I feel great. I thought I would be more miserable than I am. I thought I'd have a lot of pain. I'm getting by with acetaminophen, which of all things, that's not high-potent stuff. I do have both a high-potency non-narcotic prescription and a narcotic pain prescription, and I'm staying away from the narcotics because that makes your bowels sluggish and I had enough problems getting those going after general anesthesia. I've only taken one of the non-narcotic pain pills that are high potency and I'm getting around great. Today I actually put my own shoes and socks on since I got out of surgery. My granddaughter thought that was hilarious. I walked around the block three times today with my granddaughter. I was pretty done by the time that was over, but I'm, I'm doing really great. And while I'm on the subject of it, after my first couple of days at home, or not even that long, I had the idea that, well, I'm learning a lot about myself and this whole process of recovery from prostate removal surgery. And so I started a brand new blog. It's called Men's Health in My Perspective. And the blog postings are two days behind real time. So if you want to on-time update, you can follow along with the Twitter and the Facebook page that I made for that blog. I'm trying to make it helpful and hopefully other men that are worried about their prostate can take comfort from that. So I don't want to belabor the point here. I just want to make sure that if you're a man and you have a prostate, get your PSA checked. That's the quickest and easiest way to alert your doctors if they need to worry about anything or if you need to worry about anything. And it's just part of your regular blood work for your annual physical and that's how they found mine and I'm hopefully I'm cured after surgery but that depends on what the pathology report says and so I should be getting that about any time now. I'm doing great. I've still got another week off work for recovery. Not sure I could do a full eight hours at my desk even though I've had several long bouts at my personal computer working on stuff but uh, yeah I'm doing fine. Next up I'm just
going to quickly go over this last session to summarize. So they found this cave and a underground lake or something with crocodiles and a giant squid underneath it. And they used speak with animals, which made them friendly with the crocodile. They found the squid and the squid came after them, but they killed the squid. And the crocodiles are now fat and happy on calamari. The party went down to the squid lair and there was treasure. So that's how to get it out of there without drowning. Well, they had... So the funny part was in the discord between sessions, they're talking about all these complicated plans. And I'm like, these guys are missing the obvious. And really it was the player who owns the portable hole didn't want to let somebody else use it and chance losing it. So he finally relented and that made it easy. So he took all his stuff out of the portable hole. They took the portable hole down, shoveled all the loot into it, folded up the portable hole and brought it back up and they had the loot. Ended up being not that big a deal. So then they resumed their journey. The fun part, oh, this was hilarious and awesome and they really enjoyed it. I had this uh, area where there was well, first they saw another mirage that looked like a burning sand viking ship. And that really had them wondering what was going on because it was so very realistic. That had the crew kind of spooked. But they finally saw a wrecked sand ship that they recognized and they knew they were close to home. So they're pressing on and they come upon an enormous sinkhole. And I had one player from, because there are two sand viking ships, one player in each ship rolled for that ship. Well, one ship was fine, the other one wasn't. So it's being drawn down into this sinkhole in the desert. And it was amazing all the magic and other things they did to try to stop that ship from sinking. And they managed to do it and slow it down enough that whatever shifted under the sands from the weight of their ships going across it, eventually that cavity or whatever underneath filled and the sand stopped sinking they cut the they tied the ship off to a, a rock they shot ropes over from the other ship the druid that had the ebony fly finally used it and flew a rope over the cleric ranger had one of the magic users cast in large on him so he dove over the side and carried a rope over and then the red lizard folk stock grabbed a rope and dove over the side and they found out that the red lizard folk can basically swim through the sand and that impressed the players that that was fun so then they had to cut the rope to let the ship go and it had to go down to build up enough momentum to get up over the edge and i described it that they they start coming up the edge but it starts slowing down and slowing down and slowing down and i rolled and they ah but you just crest the top of the lip of the pit of sinking sand and continue on your journey and then finally they get to the uh, sand viking settlement and let me look at my notes here because i forgot the name of the settlement sand view and so they see the walls of sand view and it's built over a cliff overlooking the desert uh, to the south of sand view there is a gap in the walls that they could sail around and basically sailed into a harbor of sand the ships were met with an honor guard and they found out that the head captain Kagnar is actually the son of the Jarl of Sandview. So they meet the Jarl and he declares they'll have a feast before he sends them on to the 
settlement of Haven where the High Earl resides, because the High Earl needs to hear about all this. I guess the feast was going to be the next day. So while they're waiting for the feast, they decide to do shopping, and they say, hey, can we buy a ship? <laughs> so why not? You know, they've got all this money. So uh, I gave it a chance on whether or not one was available, and uh, of course, favored the players. Yep, one was available, so they bought one. Uh, of course, the name of the ship is the Sand Witch, and uh, they also asked, oh, what about a cargo? And they just happened to be able to find a cargo that they could transport and uh, start paying off the ship. So they've got a ship, a crew, a captain, and it's basically identical to the ship that the sh two ships they've been riding on. And so the have the feast, then the next day they take the journey. It's an uneventful journey because they're in the Sand Viking territory. Not that something couldn't happen, but it was an uneventful trip. And they see the enormous harbor in the sand of Haven, and they all dock one, two, three on the with the uh, pier on the uh, left or port side of the ship, and that's where we left it. So they made it to Haven, and that so tomorrow we'll pick back up. I didn't think I'd feel well enough to run a game. After, I definitely knew that two days after surgery I wouldn't be up to it, and even if I thought I was, I was still in the hospital. This past Wednesday I wasn't sure I'd be in the Wednesday night game, but I really rebounded on my energy levels, and I was in the Wednesday night game, and it was just like any other regular game, except I'm a little more tired than I normally am. After that, I'm like, okay, I'm going to call it. We're going to play Sunday. So my players are all excited. I'm excited to see how bad they can screw this up, as players are wont to do. And as I said, I, I'm feeling remarkably well. I'm getting by with acetaminophen. What pain I do have is from moving a certain way that tweaks one of the incisions or tugs on my catheter. And I must say, I dreaded the catheter, but it's not anything like I imagined. It's not bad. I'm thankful that I toughed it out. Uh, I should get that out. I get that out Monday. So two more sleeps, as my granddaughter would say, and I'll be untethered completely from something else, then continue on to the next stage of healing. So hopefully I will feel energetic enough either after tomorrow's game or maybe Monday. I don't know how I'm going to feel Monday because I don't know what it's like to have a catheter, a urinary catheter removed. But if I'm up to it, I will get another episode out just as soon as I can. And I really thank all of you for your well wishes and your good thoughts. <coughs> Excuse me. It really meant a lot to me to hear from all of you and to have your support. I hope you all are doing well in the midst of isolation and COVID-19. I, for one, am thankful to be alive. And as always, game on. Follow Me and Die is an old-school RPG podcast. I share my experiences and ideas about role-playing games that all started with the Holmes Blue Box Basic Dungeons & Dragons over 40 years ago. I've played lots of role-playing games that were new in the late 70s through the mid-80s, and some of those I still like to play, especially Dungeons & Dragons. But there's more than older role-playing games out there. I share ideas that will fit into any game or genre. So check out my podcast. I'm always looking for a few good minions. Let's do what Grubba says.